This is a GRDC podcast. Grain growers attending GRDC's Grains Research Updates have been warned not to be complacent about mice being an issue this cropping season. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. In today's podcast, CSIRO's Steve Henry outlines the research he's been doing into mice in cropping systems. Part of that project, which GRDC has invested in, involves bait trials aimed at getting better uptake of zinc phosphide, the chemical commercially used in mouse baits. I caught up with Steve during a break between sessions at the Bendigo Update, and we started with an update on the present situation out in the paddocks. So the reports that we're getting from farmers across the board is that, that mouse numbers are low, although when I ask them about this, they say that they haven't seen any mice for about six months, but then they say, oh, but there are a few active burrows, and uh, I'm seeing a couple around the sheds, which is probably cause for not much concern, but it's always good to remain vigilant with mice. Uh, because they can reproduce and numbers build up so quickly, um, yeah, it doesn't do to take your eye off the ball with mice. Okay, now tell us about the research that you've been involved in. Sure, so what we've been trying to do is determine whether there's be a more palatable or more attractive bait substrate than we currently use at the moment, which is wheat with zinc phosphide on it. Um, so what we set out to do was initially test to see if we could find something other than wheat that mice like, and then when we put zinc phosphide on that alternative, find out whether mice will eat it and just how effective that will be as, as, a, as a control measure. The initial work about what mice like to eat showed that very clearly mice don't like lentils and that was one of the most unequivocal results I've, I've ever seen in the science that I've done um, and there was a, while they don't like lentils there was a slight hint towards malt barley above other uh, cereals but really that trend wasn't significant in any way shape or form. Were you surprised that they don't like lentils? Well, yeah, uh, lentils are basically 30% protein and conventional wisdom is that uh, you know, animals can detect high value foods and use those foods before they use the lower value foods. So lentils are 30% protein, cereals are down around 13 or 15% protein. So I just assumed that they would go for lentils above the cereals. But there might be something in lentils that, that makes them unpalatable to mice. You know, lentils have a husk on them in the same way that, that other cereals do. And, and in fact, mice take the husk off the lentils. They take the husk off barley as well. So we couldn't see any really clear reason for that dislike. So where do you take it from there? You sort of narrow it down to um, what they do and don't like. Yeah, so then we, um, we did the same as the first experiment. We established different groups of mice on different background foods and then offered them um, zinc phosphide on malted barley with the husk on, malted barley with the husk off and barley to see if they'd be willing to take that. And what we found was that in a, in a background of lentils, mice were more willing to take more grains of zinc phosphide um, than mice that were on a background of wheat or mice that were on a background of barley. So the mice that were on the lentil background, they took between six and eight grains of zinc phosphide versus um, five to six uh, in a barley background and three to four in a wheat background. So that suggested to us that uh, if mice were on a background food that they didn't like, they'd be a, more willing to, to transition to the, to the zinc phosphide if it's available, and so you'd probably get a better result in that scenario. But it also told us that background food, food's really important and that we need to deplete 
the background food as much as we possibly can in paddocks before we do our application of zinc phosphide so mice get more of the toxin or, or can find the toxin more easily. So it's really important. How did you conduct these trials? So these were, these were done on mice that were brought in from the field and housed in individual cages. And then cages were um, cleaned every day so we knew exactly how much of each food type they had eaten. So food was weighed in and weighed out. The mouse was weighed every day too to make sure that they were eating and maintaining their weight and staying healthy. So it wasn't an insignificant undertaking. And mouse numbers? The number of mice that we brought into the study was uh, 90 overall. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we were cleaning 90 cages every day, weighing 90 mice, um, and then separating out the different food types and, and weighing those as well. So it was a big piece of work. Is there a phase where you will sort of move out of the lab? Yeah, absolutely. The reason for, for taking the, the work into the lab in the first place was to remove a lot of the variables that tend to confound the results. So in a lab situation, we can be testing one variable at a time and, and gauging what impact that, it, that variable has on the effectiveness of zinc phosphide before we go on to the next thing. Um, that way we can actually be really confident about the results that we're getting. The other really interesting finding that we got from it was that if mice ate zinc phosphide and didn't die, which you would expect to happen in a normal population, some animals will be more tolerant than other animals, those animals that, that took zinc phosphide and didn't die basically stopped eating zinc phosphide straight away. So if they took it night one, they stopped eating it night two. And that's another really important um, control mechanism. So if you apply zinc phosphide on night A and you didn't get the result that you wanted, don't apply it again night B. You need to wait until you know, there's a significant gap between that first application and second application to give the mice time to forget about that bellyache they got from the first application and be willing to eat zinc phosphide again. How long might that gap be? Look, it's, it's a bit of an unknown, um, but we, we sort of recommend about six weeks. So, and, and in the past, we've been saying, well, if you've got a lot of mice six weeks out from sowing, do an application at that point, monitor the effectiveness of that application, and then if you still think you've got a lot of mice when you get to sowing six weeks later, that's the time to do your second application off the back of the cedar. So what happens next? Have you sort of moved to the monitoring stage at this, stage, at this point in the uh, paddock? Uh, no, no, not in the paddock yet. There's still some more lab work to do, um, and you know we'd like to... Um, to continue to do some work around testing the effectiveness of zinc phosphide and then look at the impact of zinc phosphide against uh, different background foods so, so and also seeing if when mice have a full stomach whether they're less susceptible than mice on an empty stomach and, and, and get to understand some of those issues around the effectiveness of zinc phosphide. Does it matter at all where um, the location is so that you know if we're talking about South Australia as against uh, Victoria or, or Queensland does it matter? Uh, no I think the, the principle applies across the board um, and, and again the key issue is push that residual food as low as you can so that you enhance the chances of the mice discovering and eating the zinc phosphide and uh, leave that gap between applications. In the north, you tend to get more frequent outbreaks of mice because of the dual cropping system. So there's two crops a year versus one crop a year down here. And so numbers build up more frequently up there.
So at these noisy Bendigo updates, what were you hoping people would take away as their key sort of messages and applications on farm? So, yeah, look, I think the, the key messages are that, that mouse numbers are pretty much low at the moment, but that's no cause for complacency. You know, farmers need to be vigilant in the lead up to sowing to know what's happening with mice in their paddocks. And then if they do have to apply zinc phosphide, then make sure that, that the residual food is as low as possible in the paddocks. You know, graze stubbles if you've got sheep. Make the most of spraying out germinations if, if we're fortunate enough to get a rainfall. And then, again, if you're not happy with the result, don't apply straight on the back of your first application. Leave that gap for the mice to, to get over that bellyache that you gave them with the first application, and so they're willing to take the second application. CSIRO's Steve Henry from Canberra, one of the speakers at the very well-attended GRDC Bendigo Grains Research Update. Steve Henry encourages growers and advisors to report and map mouse presence, absence and level of activity using Mouse Alert, which you'll find online at mousealert.org.au. By mapping your observations, others can see the scale and extent of localised mouse activity. Mouse Alert also provides access to fact sheets about mouse control and forecasts of the likelihood for future high levels of mouse activity in the grain growing regions. See the show notes that accompany this podcast online at GRDC Podcasts for the links to more information. I'm Tony Crowley and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast. <laughs>